Welcome to the Launch Strategist Podcast with your host, Katrina Douglas, author, trainer, and launch strategist for corporate leaders, helping you launch projects that light you up, make money, and get you closer to the goals that matter. Hello, and welcome to this afternoon's LinkedIn Live, a bit of a difference. Now, many of you will have seen my post about Legacy, the Legacy Conference that was meant to be in June, but I have since moved to September. And here are three of the amazing speakers. And I wanted to introduce you to them really so you know how amazing they are and what they bring to the table and why you should absolutely come and see and hear from them at the Legacy Conference. Um, So this is going to be live, interactive. If you have any questions, drop them in the comments. Yeah, and we're just going to kick it off. So I'm going to do a round robin and I'm going to start with Michelle and ask you to just introduce yourself, introduce your business, what you do and yeah, how do you do it? Yes. Hi, everybody. Um, Hope you can hear me clearly. My name is Michelle Raymond. I'm a HR consultant and a visibility strategist. So what that means is that my business, which is called The People's Partner, we work um, in two halves. So one half of the business provides HR service and support to small and medium growing businesses. We do everything from recruitment, training, development, coaching, redundancies, furlough, all of that good stuff. Um, that's what we do. We help them and advise them accordingly on that. And the other side of the business is we help them when we help entrepreneurs become more visible. So I help them get speaking engagements, get featured on radio stations, on TV, podcasts, and publications. So it's a very uh, one sided dream. Left brain, one's very right brain. And yeah. I need to deliver balance. <laughs> yes, amazing. And so I'm going to tell you how I've met each and every one of these speakers, because many of you will know that legacy is super important to me. It's a tribute to my grandmother. So everything that I do about it represents, you know, is about legacy for me. And so when I choose these speakers, I don't just pluck them out of the air. It's a process uh, for me. And so I met Michelle first of when did we meet? We both had recently left our nine to fives, actually. Nice, yeah. We were both on the same stage, actually, at an event all those years ago. And I guess we've just watched each other, watched each other's journey and seen each other grow. And our paths have crossed kind of similar circles over the years. And so mm-hmm. it's that kind of thing of you never know where a relationship's going to go because you see someone in one space. And even when you're not communicating with them, you're seeing them. And so they're on the, your radar. And so, you know, this year, you won, of course, of the, of the people that really dropped in my heart. And I was like, OK, I think you got something for the people. Yeah. So, cool. Yeah. Paul Barkley, again, just, you know, how our paths have crossed is just amazing. So uh, we were, you are the architect for a national landmark that is being built in this country. Just amazing, amazing project. So at the time, I was um, freelancing in a marketing as head of marketing for that particular client and our paths crossed there. But that's not actually where we met. I didn't actually know that you had won the comp- competition when we met. This is how life works. We met at um, an entrepreneurial evening in central London. And then we were like, oh, my gosh, snap. You're the winning architect. And at the time, I don't even know if you had won. Actually, no, I was on the competition stage at that point, actually. Yeah. We were shortlisted, but we hadn't actually won it. 
So yeah. yeah, yeah. And so the point being that even before we met in this capacity, I was aware of the legacy that you were both building and aware of, you know, just just your skew in that direction. So Paul, uh, tell us about you. I've kind of uh, given the scoop a little bit, but about your business and about the project. Well, uh, so I'm an architect, but I founded a firm of architects called Snug 2003. Um, and we're based down on the South Coast. We've sort of grown from a small business in Winchester and we're now a regional regional architects and, and we have got national projects as well, like the Wall of Answer Prayer. So we've got, there's 18 of us and um, we specialize mainly in, in, in property development, so housing, and uh, we also do a whole range of community projects and, and things like that. So business is now three directors and um, that's been a really interesting journey going from me being the founder through to a position where I've got a team of directors working with me. Business just kind of is a great adventure. It keeps on growing and developing and adapting and uh, love it. Amazing. So Toby, so we met and I have to say, Toby, every time I hear Toby speak, it shifts something in me. Literally, there's something on you um, just as a speaker, as a business owner that is just amazing and I guess the, the the reason I wanted you to speak at Legacy was because of that impact every time you speak it feels like Legacy and so thank you for joining us yeah, um, and so tell us tell us about W Talk and about you and yeah what you're doing yeah so I'm I founded the company entertainment and faith-based media so um my background was law I studied law I worked in the field of law for a number of years. Um, I went to New York and became a New York attorney, came back to London because New York life really wasn't for me. And um, and I just saw a gap in the market. I, I'm somebody, I'm a Christian and faith is something that's a massive part of my life. And I just saw that actually faith and hope and these themes work really well in commercial content that actually yeah. has the ability to travel globally. Um, mm -hmm. So I went to law, uh, coming up to three years ago and I've been working with networks, broadcasters, as well as building my own network, um, distribute, distributing, co-producing and producing, I'm supposed to faith-based, non-freaky, you know, but maybe we can think content, um, which to be honest, the way 2020 is going, I think the whole world needs a little bit of uplifting. Exactly, exactly, yeah. Maybe W talking in a nutshell, yeah. Yeah, amazing. And so before we get started, I guess I should tell people who I am. Now, most of you probably know, most of you that are watching this are probably connected to me, but I am the founder of the Legacy Conference and also the launch strategist. And my mission, and I guess my legacy is to equip an army of legacy builders. My background is obviously, not obviously, some of you may not know, been in marketing for 14 years, but in terms of what I wanted to build, it was so much more than that. And so I'm kind of in this position of, I don't just want to help people launch things. I want to help people launch a legacy and actually build things that stand the test of time. Everything that I do is very much about that. So I've developed a whole framework, a whole launch framework. And actually that's about equipping people to launch legacy driven projects. And that's what we do at Legacy. So day one, you will hear from all the speakers here, plus Anna Lobak who couldn't join us today. And on day two, we go to work and we actually build out your legacy driven strategy, your legacy launch strategy. And you are learning from people that are doing that. We do this every day. And why I wanted to bring the speakers on because I want to, I always want to be 
very transparent about the journey and what it takes to build legacy. And actually, these are people that are doing it day in and day out. And so I want you to get a glimpse into how we're doing this in this season, like real time, what's happening in our journeys, what's happening in our businesses. And actually, where are we pulling from to pour into you and actually deliver what we're going to deliver on the 17th and 18th of September? Because we haven't just rocked up and decided to you know, do this event where, you know, we're all very legacy focused and very intentional. So I just want to give you some insights into what you can expect on the days or over the two days. So first question, what is the legacy that you each hope to leave through your businesses, Michelle? Right. So for me, for my business, it's all about commitment and consistency. And I want to show that small businesses micro businesses, one man band, we can be committed and consistent. And I believe that's really important because I think there's so many distractions now. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's so many people who are keen to run after the shiny object. Everyone thinks that the grass is always greener on the other side. And I really do believe that when you're single-minded and you're focused and you dig deep, that's where you get the results. So for me, my legacy, my business is commitment. So if I take on a new project, if it's something that I know that I can't fulfill by myself, I will bring in people because I'm committed to that client. I'm Mm. committed to seeing their project from inception to delivery. So, And I will do whatever it takes to show that level of commitment and to be consistent. So I think... Undermine small micro businesses, and you know we swing, we, we will will bend whichever way the wind is blowing. But there are a few of us out there who stand firm on what they believe, and they're committed to the cause and they're consistent. So for me, that's what legacy is. Amazing. So Paul, what does what legacy are you building to your business? Okay, I think when you're an architect, there's there's always a really simple answer to what's your legacy. And that yeah. is the stuff you build. So in a sense, we are, by nature, we're in a kind of profession where you, you are literally building your legacy all the time. But I guess that's therefore not, that's almost taken for granted. I, I want to design good buildings. I want them to be buildings we can be proud of. And I want them to be buildings that embody our values. But in some ways, that's not what I think of as the business owner. I think for me, the legacy is around creating a venture that can perpetuate those values into the future. So a lot of it is around how as a business owner, because you tend to get into business because you have something you want to plan for. You have something that really motivates you. You have a particular approach to the way of doing business in your particular field. And you come at it because you believe it's worth doing it your way, um, yeah. doing it the way you were doing it for someone else. So I think from my point of view, the whole, the business really is about trying to bring others into that way of thinking, into that way of doing things. And yeah. so for me, the real success will be whether the business outlives me and whether it continues yeah. to sustain those values into the longer term. So yeah. most of my time and energy is this incredibly slow burn of how you transition an organization from you to, to a whole range of other people. Yeah. And it's yeah. an incredibly slow journey. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm not even halfway in that journey and I've been on it for 17 years. I just have to stop you there because I'm so glad you said that. Because when you are building legacy, the whole six months, figures in six months goes out the window, not because it cannot be done, but because what, you, what you're building is so much beyond that. 
And actually the time that it takes, like the fact that you've said 17 years and, you know, if anyone were to look at your business, it's a very, very successful business. So for you to say that you're just halfway there, it's just incredible and really just gives a glimpse into it. Yeah, yeah I think there's a real patience required to build. In legacy, yeah. it's a life's work, isn't it? So yeah. if you think you're going to try and do it seven or eight times in one lifetime, you're probably overcooking it. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'll, be That's glad, good. I'll be glad that Paul Bolkley leaves one legacy, one person, one legacy. Yeah, I'm going to pay to that one. One person, one legacy. <laughs> yeah, amazing, excellent. So, Toby, what legacy are you building for your business? Um, I mean, I think yeah, just really off the back of that, I think that's, that was it's really strong. I think for us, we want to communicate stories that shape culture for the better. I think the media, entertainment. I'm always told the story of NBC when I was doing some work with NBC. They had um, all, all over their walls and almost indoctrinated that the content they create has the power to change the world. Um, mm. And I believe so. I think that media and entertainment drives culture in a unique way um, from, yeah. from our fashion to all of those things. And for when I think of what we want to do, we want to see it at that table. We want the stories to make people think for the better. Um, yeah develop people for the better, get, provide people with hope and encourage faith. So in a nutshell, it really is about the story and the narrative, stories that can drive culture for the better. Ones that, you know, the thing about stories as well is they transcend time in a yeah. way that obviously So does. good, yeah. Um, so we yeah. want to put stories out there that my daughter's daughter can read and come across yeah. and still think in the same way, still challenge the human mind, the human soul in the same way which hopefully makes us better. And yeah. I think I think when I think of W Talk, I think that's that's that journey. And I think like what everyone said, I was drinking Coke the other day. Not that I would encourage Coke. <laughs> um, but on the on the bottle now, on the um, can, it says 1886. And you yeah. know, that legacy, and you think, gosh, that's century, that's over a century, you know, um, and there's the power for it to transcend time. And so when I think of the brand W Talk, I think of Disney and I think of those big yeah. brands. And I think actually when they think of W Talk, I want them to think of hope and faith. And um, I said thought-provoking things that leave them better. I just want to point something out. Now, whenever I say legacy-driven business, it's difficult to kind of explain what I mean, but I feel like you've all embodied it perfectly in a sense that when I asked you about your businesses, you none of you spoke about products or pricing or anything like that. You spoke about what you're building. And I think it's just the mindset is different. And so that's why when I say that when you are building something that is based on legacy, your, your, your starting point is completely different. It's completely, completely different. The way you think about your business, the way you approach your business is very, very different. You cannot approach it in the same way as you would just a business that isn't legacy driven. So it's, it's yeah, it's just amazing. And I thank you all for just demonstrating that point. So I speak a lot about legacy driven businesses and projects, and I think you all have legacy driven businesses. How does that relate to the day to day? Um, because it's one thing to have this biz, big idea of what you're building, but how does that translate into the decisions you make every day in your business? If we start with Michelle again. Uh, for me, how does it show up in my day-to-day work? I think it shows up in my authenticity, to be fair. Mm. And, and that's not just coming from me, that's coming from what other people have told me. Because I never feel that... I'm doing perfect, that I'm doing great, and I haven't really tested the market and really yeah. got 
the feedback from the market. So one of the things that I've been told on a number of occasions is that I'm authentic in the sense that I'm unafraid to show up as me. Mm. I don't try to be somebody else. I don't try to put on any airs and graces. What you see is what you get. And my day-to-day work, I, I do my work to the best of my ability. I'm very honest about my limitations. When I go into a company and I say, actually, that's not you know, that's not a key part of the service that we offer. We can find, we can partner with somebody. So I'm very honest in that uh, in that way. But I think authenticity for me rings true. When I do a lot of uh, videos, uh, when I do a lot of marketing videos and I do motivational videos, I always get the feedback that my day-to-day work is authentic and I relate to people. So for me, and that has rung true because I want to know that when I leave this earth, that they will say, Cheryl was herself. And that mm-hmm. means me. There's nobody, and like all of us on this call, nobody else like you. Yeah. And yeah. People are looking for perfection. They're just looking for progression. So that's yeah. what I do is I yeah. give you the raw self, but I'm yeah. progressing. So yeah. for me, that's how it shows up in my day-to-day work. Amazing. And I think before I go on to Paul, I think I'll probably answer this question myself. For me, I would say in the way I build relationships, um, because when I meet people, it's very much, okay. what can I impart into you? There's this sense of impartation. And how are we going to how does this person fit not into what I'm doing today, but also for the future? So when you look at people and when you look at relationships, it has a different take because it's not about what you can really get from that person. It's about, OK, where's the synergy in our legacies and in our in, in what we're actually building? And so the way you build relationships and the type of relationships that you build are quite different, I would say. So, Paul. Um, well, I, th- I think I think that I totally agree with both the things you said earlier. I think the challenge in all these things is to put it into practice yourself. Yeah, uh, it's one thing to have a great theory; it's another thing to actually live it out. Um, yeah, and so I think it's about challenging yourself to try and do the best you can. And we're not perfect, yeah. and we don't get it right all the time. And I definitely say you should do what I say, not what I not you know do do what I preach if you like, not what I actually do. Yeah, um, yeah. But I think you've got to be trying to do it and trying to walk the talk and be lead by example. Um, mm. And I think for me, one of the biggest challenges in, in, in trying to build a legacy is, is genuinely wanting other people to succeed around you. Yeah. Um, my, I guess my, my favorite business axiom or, or leadership axiom um, is actually the that Jesus said about um, his followers, which is you will do greater things than I have done. Yeah, yeah. It's an incredibly powerful statement. You know, I challenge yeah. any business leader, yeah. are you genuinely rejoicing when your team outdo you? When yeah, so When my yeah. team have won more contracts? Yeah. When my fellow directors are more successful in getting more praise than I am? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And try and compete or do I celebrate because in the end the venture is prospering because Mm. and the bottom line is that's what I preach it's incredibly hard to live that in my heart every day yeah you know there's a part of me that when my colleagues do better than me I feel insecure and wish it was my design or etc etc so it's really hard to really live that out but you've got to hold a standard you've got to have a standard you hold and then Mm. you try and keep going every day trying to keep up to that standard um, yeah but yeah 
humbly yeah. and steps forward. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so uh, same question to you, Toby. Yes, I think both points, again, it's, it's hard when you, go, when you go last, but I think, so I think leaving the ego at the door so that I can sharpen and find my unique voice. Yeah. I think that's what's been very important. I don't need to say what everyone else is saying. I don't even need to mm -hmm. say what is necessary to get the commission. Yeah. I don't I suppose flatter the execs so that mm -hmm. I can I need to find strength from my unique voice. And I think when you're coming in and you're trying to step into, I suppose, uncharted territory, it can be very daunting to and you can sort of say, okay, this is what I want them to say and this is how I think they want me to say it. So mm -hmm. I'll just do and say what they want and then I'll get the commission on it. But you know, having that integrity listening and saying well this is my unique voice and I can actually say so far doing it actually that's been one of our one of our if you like selling points um mm. my unique voice my team's unique voice and then a collective and saying well you know actually when I get lots of emails especially with Black Lives Matter yeah. been flooded, been flooded. Mm. For you. this is your time you know and even in those situations when well actually this isn't my time I know another person and it's yeah um, and again, that unique voice, it's helped me to say yes to things and no to things. Yeah. Um, when you're a small business and you've got cash flow and you've got, um, you know, you've got all of those boring demands, it's all, okay, I'll say yes, just to, but mm. you compromise your legacy when you do that. Um, oh. Compromise the mission when you do that. Um, yeah. And always, and I, and I very much like Paul said, I'm learning this day to day when you yeah. get something oh, I could do this and twist it that way. And I can, yeah. you know, you'll meet this, you know, and for the next last quarter, you know, but actually mm. say, no, say, no, I'm going to pass on that because it will weaken my unique voice um, and it will yeah. compromise what actually yeah. we set out, set out to do. And the minute you go down that road, you just become like, for example, for us, we can easily just become an NBC. We can easily just yeah. become a network the minute yeah. we go down that road. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, for me, it's been a unique voice um, and preserving that. It's to yeah. be preserved. Um, so, yeah. And I think you soon realise that what you say no to is as important as what you say Absolutely. yes to. And everything that looks like an opportunity, so many things that look like opportunities, when you tally it with what you're building, it actually isn't. It can actually derail you. And I think that's such an important point that to someone else, you might think, oh my gosh, that's an amazing opportunity. I'm reminded, you know, uh, when I had the choice to step back into a corporate or even take a contract. And to a lot of people, it was ridiculous. Why don't you just take a contract? But it's such a, when you're comparing that to what you're trying to build, it's such a detraction from what it is that you're trying to build. And so you have to be aware of that because I think that's where the biggest downfalls to building legacy and, and staying true to your purpose actually come, those, those temptations to build profit short term in ways that aren't authentic to you. So let's talk about the current crisis. How are we all dealing with this in our businesses? Toby, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with you on this one. How has it affected you and what decisions are you making off the back of it, if any changes? Yeah, so even off just off the back of my last point, we went into lockdown. Um, we were in an okay position because we didn't disturb the ongoing deals that we had um, in development. We were still able to pitch. We were still able to enter commission rounds and all of that. But then the community side of us, which is a very big part of what we do, 
building a community around our narrative were suddenly had a lot of time on their hands at home. Media consumption was just, you know, on the rise and we are we don't have budget yet. So there was this temptation to just put out content. Yeah. And, and yeah. just almost feed the beast. And so and and again, just off my last part, we had to stop and say no, we will continue to make brand defining content. Yeah. Um, if we start just to make if we start making content just to make it, we water down what we've done for the last three and a half years. Um we had a schedule for the year. Obviously, that schedule's massively disturbed like everybody else because it shows it holes because the demand is more. Um mm. we to make a little bit of more a little bit of productions here and there, um less mm. of production. We haven't I haven't gone into that rat race of trying to feed the beast. And I, I couldn't do it to the team, I couldn't do it to ourselves. We were gonna to continue to put out and on schedule to find the brand. And I think we that to some that might be like, oh gosh, this is your massive opportunity. But we as a team of really small business didn't have the personnel, we didn't have the resource, we didn't yeah. have it. Um, and I didn't want to build what we had already built. I would prefer yeah. to say we put out great pieces that in 2020 and those great pieces will stay in the minds, the souls, the heart. They will remember the brand for it for years yeah. to come. Then yeah. they will enter this 24 hours, almost new cycle of Twitter and Instagram lives and everything mm-hmm. else just to say we, we showed up. Um, yeah. So it was really, again, going back to our why, going mm-hmm. back to what we're building and not caving to sometimes what we see competitors doing or what you know everyone's doing um what what wouldn't be right for us um and so far it's been good and I I have to plug your content I just have to plug because I have literally I said this to you a number of times Toby sat on my drive and binge listen to your content and the, the to be able to bridge faith and culture the way you do through media is a gift. So you actually have to listen to it to see how it is, because I don't actually know how you and your team do it. So please go and visit W Talk and listen to some of the content because it really is exceptional. So same question to you, Paul. How how has it affected your business? Because you have a whole team, a whole building. So Um, so yeah, no, definitely it's affected us. I mean, fundamentally. You know, some hard decisions had to be made about how much money I'm prepared to lose in order to keep people in a job. Proper grown-up decisions, if you like. Um, we set some lines in the sand. It's really important to you know, define your boundaries in these kind of crises. But the, but the more important thing, actually, was not to try and batten down the hatches, but was to you know continue living in accordance with our values. And we're a very entrepreneurial practice. We're fundamentally very optimistic people. And we we sat down and and, and we got creative. Um, so. We've done a couple of key moves, which I think are helping us get through it. We've used the time, the gaps that have opened up to enter lots of bids for future work. Normally, we haven't got the time, but it hopes to position us such that we actually will be able to go to the next level. We finally had time to enter bids for projects we wouldn't normally go for. We are submitting permission to turn our offices into double the size office launch a WeWork venture and um, and effectively invest in property. So we're kind of showing optimism to our clients. We're investing. We're going to invest yeah. in property and we're going to keep going. Um, and then we also, um, we've kind of strange thing, but we felt inspired to plow into the stock market. Wow, um, okay, interesting. We, felt we needed to diversify. So rather than yeah. having all my eggs in one basket, 
why don't I put my twenty baskets? And it was amazing yeah. because we we decided to invest a certain sum of money, and um, two days later, a bad debt was paid equal to that sum of money. <laughs> so every oh. penny we put in the stock market, we didn't have we actually given up as bad debt anyway. So it's cost us nothing to plow into the stock market. And my hope, and this is what I'm holding out for in faith, is that every penny that I have subs that I've said I'm going to put out there to keep my staff in a job, I actually think we might well get it all back. I, I believe I keep putting it out there. I've allocated an amount of money that I know I'm going to lose. And I think yeah. I'll get it back. I just have to wait. So um, that's what we're hoping for. And um, we'll see how it pans out. Maybe by September, I'll know if the stock market pulls its act together. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is incredible to me. And it's so funny because um, my coach, when I uh, last year, she challenged me not to set an income goal, goal but a giving goal. And I think that giving element is such an important part of when you're building legacy. It's what you've all said about, you know, um, giving of yourself, leaving ego at the door. So that's mind blowing to me. For I, I, I can't wait to hear how this pans out and and how these investments. Just one, on just one thing on that. In yeah. the end, if you like, for me, you you want to have an exciting story. If you like an exciting yeah. testimony, and I think yeah. for me. If you've got nothing to say for more than a few weeks, something's going wrong. (laughs) (laughs) There's normally something to say, some kind of evidence, some kind of testimony of what's going on and of how our values are bearing fruit, of how our values are changing the way we operate. If if a couple of months go by, it's probably getting a bit dry. And Mm. so so that kind of having a story that's live is really powerful Mm. for all of us. It keeps me on my my seat. So good. So good. And how about you, Michelle? Same question. How are you navigating? So my uh, my take on this is slightly different from Toby's, I guess, because of the nature of the work I do. So because I do human resources, I have to pivot my offer, my business offer. Mm. So I do the HR support and give advice. I have to get up to speed with the government's guidelines around furlough and very quickly because I mm. have to respect the needs of my market. Because of that, we got increasingly busy yeah. and we were lots of webinars. We partnered with some law firms so that we were putting webinars together. We are putting guides out. Now we've shifted slightly. So now we're getting lots of inquiries around how do I keep my staff engaged remotely? Uh, mm. How do I make somebody redundant while they are working remotely? How do I yeah. So it's slightly different. And I've learned that the type of business I'm in, I have to respond to the market needs pretty quickly. And I always look at it in two respects. What conversations are happening in the world that mm. as a business need to contribute to? Mm. So like that. And then I think to myself, what conversations are happening in the world that we need to be leading? So yeah. right now, I'm contributing, well, when it's a furlough, I was contributing to the conversations of how to manage staff during this time. Now we've shifted slightly, and I can see now there's a trend of there's going to be lots of organisations who do not have the funds available to bring staff back into the workplace. Yeah. Um, they're not blessed as Paul and Paul's organisation, unfortunately. So they have to make really critical decisions. And now it's how do I manage my staff in this way? How do I make some cuts? So now I'm 
this is the conversation around redundancy. What, Michelle, how can I lead on this? So how can I put out content and report out there for organisations to do it in a fair manner? Yeah. Because if it's going to be done, it's going to be done. But I want to, to make sure that employees are treated fairly, that they feel respected. So there's something around respectful redundancy, if there's ever a, a, a term. But how can yeah. you that they maintain the integrity and then what will be the lead on where, where do they go from there so I want to offer so we've been looking at offering a service to companies who are making redundancies to offer some sort of outplacement support so if they yeah. want to start their own business who do I direct them to if yeah. they want to get a new role is there some sort of system where we can really look at updating their CV optimizing their CV for what yeah are looking for now and not what they were looking for last week or yeah. a month ago, ago so it's just been keeping top of mind really with us we have to be on it all the time <laughs> yeah and I think what's so interesting is that clearly there's no one size fits all yeah. and the reason that there's one size fits all is because we're we're all very in tune with where we're heading and the goal that is right for us so I love the fact that Toby you were like actually no I need to keep my pace and go at the pace I'm going to to stay true to to what I'm trying to achieve. Paul, you were like, you know, I need to diversify. There's a degree of creativity in there that I love. And also, Michelle, you were like, you know, I need to pick up the pace and actually pivot with where the market's going. I would say for me, it was like, I guess for the last 18 months, since I really established the launch strategist and decided that that's where I was going to niche down, it felt like, I think what's important is that our seasons, our times and seasons are different. And you have to know as a business owner what your time and season is. Sometimes everyone else is like, oh, my gosh, it's crazy. I need to change or whatever. And you're like, actually, this is the season for the launch strategist to come into its own. And this point where everybody is kind of like everything that I thought was going to happen is changed and I'm going to have to pivot and relaunch. It was like, OK, I think this is the season that I've been waiting for in the most respectful way do you know what I mean and so that was kind of my perspective on it but I love the fact that it's all different and you have to be so in tune to who you are as a business owner the life stage of your business to be able to actually really move forward in in the way that that you need to there is no one size fits all and every any consultant or coach that tells you that especially in times like this it's it's not the time for cookie cutter solutions So I'm expectant, before we're going to start to wind down in a minute, but but I'm expectant about the future. Let's give some the people some optimism. I mean, you have already, but there's a lot of doom and gloom about recession. What's some good things that you think are going to come off the back of the crisis that we found ourselves in, Paul? Good question. I mean, I guess we'll have to get to the end and um, and, 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 and how we are when we get to the end of it. But I... I think it's created a huge amount of reflection. And in fact, we've had more time to reflect in lockdown. Yeah. There's a lot of real positives just fundamentally coming out of the experience of home working and things. And we've already, like so many organizations, had the conversation around home working and the work-life balance and these kind of issues. And we've run the numbers on that. And we're talking hundreds of thousands of pounds a year of improvement to our business by reducing the amount of travel time, the, the amount of time people are spending at home, you know, these are huge benefits to our staff in terms of their work-life balance. So I think fundamentally, if, if, if coronavirus is going to have a legacy, I think it's going to be around the way we work and the way we work at home more, you know, technology, these kind of things. So I think there's going to be some very practical things like that that come out of yeah. this. And uh, I think those are things which every business is going to have to have a view on. 
because the bottom line is our employees have got a view on it. They are sat at home thinking about it and working it all out. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. I love this. This is what I love about Toby. She is totally building an empire once mumming, uh, you know, whilst mumming. And I love it. I love it. I love it. And this is what I to see. No, please don't. I love this. Um, and this is what I want people to see. Like, you know, we're building legacies whilst mumming and being wives and husbands and all of that good stuff. And it's of what we do so I love it I love that Toby what would you say people have to look forward to on the back of this crisis so I, I agree Paul I think we're, so, we're at the start of a really long journey out of this if we're going to be completely honest but I, what I'm very interested in is really as the creative nature they say you know necessity um, is the mother of invention and I think yeah. it's really interesting to see what it's going to pull out of us what it's going to pull out of our businesses. I, I, I know that even in this time of lockdown, I equally, like Paul, put in for a lot of bids, a lot of tenders, a lot of commissions, because I had time to stop a little bit. But actually, I stretched myself to say, perhaps we could do this. We're in a position to do this. And I think lots of people are doing that more. I think personally, you know, people are at home more. With all my husband's upstairs on a call. We had to swap, you know. And <laughs> I think that's really, I think that's really important because yeah. I think that flows in how we do business. It flows yeah. in how, how, you know, for us, how we tell stories um, yeah. you know, and the sorts of stories we tell. I think, you know, people have never been in this sort of predicament before where you're literally juggling loads of different balls all together. Um, yeah. so I think personally what is helping me to be more disciplined it's always yes, my no. My time management before lockdown was terrible. I can tell you now that that has that has improved because yeah. um, this is the time in which we have to, you know, I have strict yeah. times. Um, yeah. was a bit more flexy before. Yeah. Um, so I think all in all, I think we're going to be more creative. I think all of us are going to be looking deep down to say, perhaps I could do this. Mm. Um, it's not out of necessity but like Michelle was saying lots of clients who find themselves out of work and I think you know whilst that's a daunting thing I also think it may push them onto the water where they can be like oh I can now start that job. I can now start that you know that I, can start, I can turn that side hustle into a profitable business bit by bit um yeah. so yeah that's what I think we're going to be seeing a lot more of that amazing mm. amazing so Michelle yeah, I echo everything that's been said by Toby and Paul. And looking at it from a human resources perspective, what I've seen and what I will continue to see is companies now actually living at their policies. Yeah. So there's lots of policies and procedures around flexible working, but were they doing it in practice? Yeah. Now forced to live out the the, the written word. <laughs> And now it's now more acceptable because there used to be a little, uh, I can't remember the word, but there used to be, it was only for women. It was only for women who had children um, under the age of 16. And even though the law had changed, the practices hadn't. But now all these organisations that used to see success or measure success or use being present as a criteria for progression, they have to switch now. So now, how do you perform, manage your staff, progress your staff, upskill, upgrade them in a remote working environment? So policies yeah. and 
challenges now are being changed because of the practicality rather than the opposite way around when in practice we weren't doing it. So I, I really... I'm really now seeing a trend where people are having a, a more of a balanced lifestyle, yeah. the rushing all the traveling time. And actually there's research that shows that the level of productivity has increased mm. since people have been at home, but we have to still be careful of our health and well-being yeah. because people tend to bleed the lines between when work ends and when my, my life begins. So, you yeah. know, they're still working done um yeah. well, i think for employees who are working from home good for you guys like toby said this is the time we could our creative geniuses our juices are going, you're going to yeah. be forced to it yeah and i actually think that some of the most amazing businesses of the future are going to be birthed in this time i think that we're going to look back and say actually 2020 was the year where you know, everything changed, but not just in a bad way, but in a good way as well. So the penultimate question, and I guess I'm going to address the elephant in the room. Every When I talk about legacy in September, the first thing that people ask me is, is it going to be in person? And it absolutely is going to be in person. And I felt very, very strongly about this. Of course, we have to be precautious. Health is very important. And, you know, it just made me realize, actually, maybe this is why my vision for it was always small. Because actually, when everybody wanted to do large events, my vision for legacy was intimacy. Mm-hmm. And so it's going to be very small. You know, you're actually going to lead with launch strategies because I want to I want you all to be impacted by every one of the speakers. I want to I want you to leave and feel like, wow, I have come and produced something that I couldn't have produced unless I came here and unless I was in this room. And so, you know, a lot of the, interesting when I tell people that it's in person. A lot of people are excited. It's almost like they have virtual events for me. And so I felt very strongly that when everyone was canceling their events, there was something in me that legacy has to be in person. It has to remain in person. Yes, it couldn't have stayed in July. That would have just been ridiculous. But, you know, in September. And so I thank you all, first and foremost, for being like when I said I was moving it and it was still being in person, you said yes. Because in a climate where that's not happening, you said yes and you caught the vision and you were like, you're going to be there. So thank you. Um, And so I hope for those of you that are watching that you've gotten an insight into who we are as people, who these speakers are. And that when we speak about legacy driven projects and when we speak about building legacy, it's not rhetoric. It's what we do. And helping you and equipping you to build your legacy is in our DNA. This is not just a nice business idea. It's what we live and what we breathe. So I hope that you have felt that. Um, So thank you all for joining. And last but not least, why? I'm just going to ask each of you, why would you say people need to be in the room? And again, it's only going to be 15 people. Why would you say people need to be in the room? Let's start with you, Paul. Um, Okay. so well, the number one reason is if it's not in the room, you're probably just going to hear our voices. (laughs) Um, the benefit of being in the room, and I, I, I'm running, I'm running a lot of international courses in China at the moment online, and it's opened up huge growth in numbers, but what it hasn't done is increased depth, um, and it's much more difficult for me as a as a as a presenter to read the room. When you're engaging with people, you want to be able to read their emotions, you want to be able to respond to their questions, you want to be able to tailor what you say, and if you haven't got one already, I don't do preparation, so yes, yeah. actually read your questions because. Um, because I don't like to know what's coming. I like to react creatively and naturally as it comes. So there's something about a live event where 
Otherwise, you could just read my script. You know, there's no. <laughs> and the issue is, I won't have one because yeah. um, I want to be able to respond and react to the situation as the things come to the table. And as you know, and you get a feel of a group, you get a feel of an audience, you get a feel of where they're at and where their needs are. And this is not some pre-prepared, perfected message, if you like. This is about people going on a journey and responding to people's real needs. So you've got to make it personal. Anyway, to be quite frank, we'll all be fed up and tired of Zoom calls by the time exactly. we get Exactly. Like, we already, already, like, we, we will be. Exactly, I mean, exactly. It'd be, it'd be priceless, the fact you get to meet with people for a day. Exactly, exactly. Toby, what would you say? Why should people come out? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think Zoom fatigue is real already. So I think there's also about run, there's a vulnerability that comes when you're in the room together too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's a massive part of building a business, building a legacy. I'm letting your business has a legacy. That is vulnerability is at the heart of it. Mm-hmm. Um, being able to come together and really share each other's strengths and weaknesses, but in detail, I think is a real reason to want to be actually in the room as opposed to, you know, looking at the screen. As yeah. I've said before to you, I think I love the fact that it's small and intimate um, mm. because again, it gives opportunity for people to really go into detail. I think there's high level sort of things is great, but being mm-hmm. able to go with a small collective, I think could be yeah. really, really powerful. So um, yeah, yeah for me, but I think that moment of vulnerability and having those vulnerable moments, um, I yeah. too, I too haven't really looked at your questions. Yeah. And it, it's also because um, I, I tend to find that when you polish your answers just a little bit too yeah. much, yeah. Um, I can give you a clean answer, but have I really yeah. given you vulnerability? Exactly. Um, I could just have just quickly just laid her down and so I've said I've got to go. But mm. my real reality is actually I'm I'm working and I have my daughter right now with yeah. me here. Um, and I think there's a vulnerability in showing people the true process of the journey. Yes, yes. Not just the highlight reels. Yeah. Um, which I think is really going to be really impactful um, in the room with that with those um, 15 people on that Absolutely. Day. Yeah. And and that vulnerability is, um, you've hit it on the head because even last year, literally people were in the room and I've never seen it in a business event. I've seen it at, you know, Christian events or at other events, but people wept, literally like they wept. And I think you, I couldn't have done, I, we, we could not have done that or had that impact in a large room and we couldn't have done it virtually. And that's, if the transformation has to come from within and there's, some, there's something that I want to happen that can only happen in the room. So if you're ready, if you're ready, let's go. So thank you so Every much. Six place, um, the 17th to the 18th of September. Thank you all for your time. I know we have run over, so thank you for bearing with me. Thank you for your time. And I hope we've just given you a glimpse into why you wanna be in the room and if you want to be one of those 15 then legacyconference.co.uk thank you once again i'll be back next week same time lunchtime launch tips next week 1 p.m every wednesday so yeah speak to you again next week